0: Across the country, the community composting movement is growing. Small-scale composting provides communities immediate opportunities for reducing waste, improving local soil, creating jobs, and fighting climate change. You're listening to the Composting for Community podcast, where we'll bring you stories from the people doing this work on the ground and in the soil.
1: Welcome to this episode of Composting for Community Podcast. Uh, today we're talking about the case for government support of community composting with a spotlight on Queen's Botanical Garden. And I'm pleased to be joined today by Elsa Higby, Project Manager, and Alex Yegewo, Operations Coordinator of the New York Compost Project, New York City Compost Project, hosted by the Queens Botanical Garden. Welcome, guys. Hi.
0: Hello. Hi, Brenda. Uh, Uh,
1: So glad to have you today. We're going to cover your food scrap composting history, activities, financing, future plans, and more. So let's just start. um, Elsa, let me start the question for you. Just tell us, what is the New York City compost project hosted by the Queens Botanical Garden?
2: Well, first off, I better start with the New York City Compost Project. Um, So it was created by the New York Department of Sanitation back in 1993, and Queens Botanical Garden is one of seven host sites. So here, the New York City Compost Project hosted by Queens Botanical Garden runs outreach and education. We have a one-acre farm. We have a compost processing site. Um, We have a beautiful perennial border on our farm that's a pollinator habitat, and here we really take pride in the fact that we are demonstrating the closed-loop system of crops grown, gone to food, food waste going to composting, and compost
1: being applied back to the farm. Great. And, um, you know, you you mentioned you've been around for a while. How how long have you been around and I would love to just hear how the project, the program has grown over the years. Um, Elsa, that might be a question best suited for you.
2: Well, we just celebrated our 25th anniversary uh, for New York City Compost Project actually last year. And so basically, uh, the Compost Project has been um, residing at the Botanical Gardens for 25 years. Uh, It started out initially doing backyard composting education and distributing compost bins to residents. And then outreach and education grew to finally include a master composter certification program. Um, as we certified master composters, they developed community compost sites. So then we got into providing technical advice and services to community composting sites. And then finally, Alex can talk a little bit more about this, but accepting residential food scraps.
0: Yeah, that's right. About about four and a half uh, years ago or so, uh, we, we started to uh, uh, collect, uh, Uh, food waste from uh, residents at Queens at our food scrap drop-off sites Uh, and uh, everything that we that we uh, processed initially was uh, uh, hand-powered, meaning we used uh, simple bins like earth machines uh, and then uh, with time we uh, we grew and we actually uh, we built our our first ASP bin. Uh, uh, We really liked ASP technology uh, from from that small, Kind of trial, uh, and uh, eventually we paved an area uh, where we were able to, to actually windrow uh, uh, and still use ASP. Um, and also, we able to purchase some equipment to help us uh, actually to move that material around, to manage that material. Um, so it's it's been it's been a journey of of learning how to um, it's taught us how to manage materials from a very basic elementary scale from from the smallest scale possible to a much larger and more complex scale. So for us, that's been a a great learning experience.
1: Yeah. Well, first, congratulations on 25 years. That's that's very notable. And I'll just say for some of our listeners that the earth machine, I think, Alex, that you referred to, that's a stationary home composting bin. So despite the name, it's not really a machine. And then ASPs are aerated static piles, that system. So it's nice to hear the kind of arc that you're program has gone through, you know, utilizing, you know, low technology, like the earth, stationary earth machines, and then moving towards, you know, bigger systems. And, you know, you referred to, like, you know, moving to larger scale systems, but even within, you know, your operations, you're not even near, like, you know, large scale is not like a commercial industrial scale. So maybe you can explain, um, or just share with us, um, you know, like how many pounds or per week or, you know, per month, per year, whatever you're measuring of food scraps. What, what is the scale? Tell us a little bit more about actually what you're handling.
2: So we, we essentially take in 66 tons of food waste pretty much on a year on average. So if you, you know, multiply that times two, a ton is 2,000 pounds. You're looking at 132,000 pounds of food scraps a year, which is really small compared to industrial compost sites. You know, you could think of it too as 11,000 pounds a month. And that includes a weekly intake of 12 to 1,500 pounds, which we process manually as part of our outreach and education. And then a monthly intake of 5,000 pounds. Um, All of that material right now is coming from Grow NYC. um, And Alex will talk about that maybe a little bit more. Um, But it's all residential food scraps. It's all really clean material. Um, We we collect a small amount at our public food scrap drop-off here at Queens Botanical Garden, maybe 500 pounds a month. And so I'm just talking about the nitrogenous material, right? 132,000 pounds or 66 tons of just nitrogenous material. But then we add three times as much carbon by volume. Um, So if I had to guesstimate a weight on that, I I have like 150,000 pounds maybe. I'm looking at Alex for his, uh, see what he thinks. Um, Plus, uh, you know, we do a little bit of horticulture waste.
1: I would love to hear more about how, you know, the staffing of your operation and maybe a you know, deeper dive on the, your equipment and what you're using and your needs.
0: Sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, well, uh, one of, one of, uh, the, uh, uh, just, just very basically the, 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 equipment that we would use at a food scrap drop-off would be, uh, a tent, uh, a table, uh, some kind of rolling toter bins. We use 32 uh, gallon toter bins, some other folks, who also run drop-offs, including NYC, use uh, larger 64-gallon uh, uh, toters. Um, you know, we have a, a tent, a table with some information, uh, and mostly these are. Uh, uh, in addition to that, I'm sorry, we, we use a, a truck to actually move uh, move that material around, uh, you know, from the drop-off site back to uh, back to our base. Um, uh, you know the the drop-offs themselves are are very interesting. Being able to identify what what is going to be a, a successful drop-off is 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 a lot of a lot of fun in the job. Um, well, what we looked at was uh, areas that have a lot of uh, foot traffic uh, near uh, transit hubs, such as uh, subway stations. Um, and uh, you know over the years, these uh, these drop-offs become kind of like uh, community hubs, uh, and, and they do this amazing job that you, you can see throughout the years of destigmatizing uh, compost or food waste storage, uh, because as more and more people participate and they notice uh, other people who who, who seem uh, perfectly normal in, in all other ways uh, drop off uh, food waste and store food waste for a week and drop it off at these uh, drop-off sites. Um, uh, you know, they begin to not think of it as such a foreign idea. Uh, and uh, over the course of the years, you know, we've seen people who used to turn their noses away from uh, from, from our tent and table setup to uh, actually participating in the drop-offs, which is uh, a pretty cool, uh, cool, cool way of educating the public, we think, on, on, on composting or just building um, that kind of uh, public buy-in into uh, the importance of composting
1: yeah i mean i I think that's so true and I'm so glad you're mentioning that and the and the green markets are, are farmers markets in in New york city and i've you know I can share with you that it's been so great to see some of the initiatives in New york City like the the drop public drop-offs being replicated in other cities I mean Washington DC now is collecting food scraps on Saturdays at farmers markets not nearly as much as New York City and then we've got a pilot that recently started in Baltimore and suburban communities in Virginia so it's catching on and it's leading to in a lot of these cities and communities to the beginning it's the you know kind of gateway to getting into the curbside and citywide programs so it um, um, it's really absolutely. great to hear yeah
0: absolutely and I, I just want to add that uh the the farmers markets i think are such a great uh, low-hanging fruit for uh uh kind of uh, looping in um you know at, at a farmers market obviously obviously people are prepared to buy uh food so uh, you know they can they they can bring material with them to to compost uh and typically as far as low-hanging fruit what i mean is uh you know People who are buying food that's locally grown or regionally grown are more likely to uh, participate in, in composting. So it's, it seems that here in New York, uh, a lot of that buy-in was, uh, you know, was was a lot of the initial uh, 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 collection was done at, at at markets, and it still continues to be a, a very uh, important source of uh, of that feedstock. Uh, of food waste from yeah it's
1: a low hanging fruit no pun intended huh
0: yeah <laughs> um
1: you mentioned you have a truck now trucks cost a lot of money and you're a government supported program you know what tell us a little bit more because you know as, as other g- groups or enterprises or cities you know are looking at you know adapting or replicating or in or adopting in some way you know, how critical is a truck? What type do you have? What did it cost? You know, tell us a little bit about, you know, this kind of major equipment I want to see if we can get a handle on.
0: Yeah, well, uh, this is, this is kind of a, a, a an interesting, interesting point. Uh, so we bought a a truck pretty, pretty early on in our, uh, uh, uh attempts, uh, at, you know, at, at the food scrap drop-off, uh, in, in our efforts. And it would say, uh, Isuzu, uh, uh, N series, it's an NQR, which is a 17,900 uh, gross vehicle weight uh, restricted truck. Um, uh, it's a, it's a, it was a box truck uh, with a lift gate, um, and uh, I'll tell you right now, we're, we're actually really happy that we purchased uh, that model uh, of, of truck because uh, the gross vehicle weight. Uh, uh, a limitation, which is which is uh, kind of pretty pretty high up there for a small uh, truck, allowed us to switch uh, our. Uh Uh, basically the specs on the on the truck as as our operation expanded so we're pretty diffuse here at the garden we have like a a few places where we're actually picking uh, in moving material either moving uh, a carbon amendment from one area to the garden of the garden to another area or moving compost from our phase one area to our phase two area Um, so recently we've actually been able to swap out the uh, the the box on the truck and uh, put a landscape body dump bed on there, retain the lift gate, and keep the E-Track system on the inside of it. Uh, and essentially what that's allowed us to do is uh, use it as a dual, dual use vehicle. So uh, we're able to still use it for drop offs. It has the lift gate, which uh, helps us you know, load, load those heavy bins, which can weigh up to um, uh, 200 pounds. Uh, if they were 64 gallon, it'd be 300 pounds. Um, uh, tie them into the back of the truck uh, for the food scrap drop-offs, and then for our other operational needs here on site, we can actually use that as a as a as a dump truck with a, a very large bed. It's a 15 yard bed capacity. Um, uh, we can't use all of all of that capacity because of the weight limitation. Uh, we can only move around about six yards of compost, but we can move about 10 or 12 yards of carbon around uh the truck new i believe costs about fifty thousand dollars or so so it's a pretty substantial investment but um i would just uh we're very excited about this idea of using that kind of truck as a dual use so had we bought it anew, um, I, I think we would have purchased it automatically as a dump truck with a lift gate with an e-track system um because it can it can serve uh, numerous functions. It's not restricted to just being a box truck.
1: Yeah. Can you just do what is the what is explain what an e-track system is?
0: Just oh sure. An e-track system is basically it's a system. It's it's basically a plate on the inside of the 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 bed or the box of a truck, and uh, you can you can clip straps uh, to uh, to that plate. And that'll enable you to hold bins in place and obviously that's really important if you have rolling toters uh toter bins of food scraps uh you want to be able to secure them to the sides uh, of 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 the walls of the the truck the truck bed or the truck truck box
1: yeah, good thank you and I can see why you know with the bins thirty two gallon weighing two hundred pounds or sixty four gallon three hundred pounds I can see why a lift gate is particularly helpful so um You know, that's necessary. (laughs) Yeah, necessary. Necessary. Yeah, more than helpful. Yeah, key, critical. I was lucky enough um, to be able to visit the compost site, you know, the farm last May. And I was so, I didn't get to see the collection. So I'm so, you know, grateful to hear about it now. But I was so impressed with your aerated static pile systems, your ASP, and just how much you were able to process in, in such a small footprint. I think, did you say it's a one acre site? Um, that you have. No, okay, no you know, tell it, it, it's
2: much less than that. It's it's okay. really about eight, Well, it's about eight thousand square feet, and it's not contiguous. So we spend a lot of time right now moving things between you know phase one, phase one a, phase two curing distribution. Um, so,
1: but we're we're using about eight thousand square feet right now. Okay, and you're making it work. Um, and um, tell us. For the for the composting side of the operations, you know, um, you know, what can you share anything about the cost and the staffing of, of the operations? Um,
2: yeah. So I mean you know that the composting operations is really folded into a much larger suite of programming run by New York City Compost Project, hosted here by Queen's Botanical Gardens. So um, we essentially have five uh, staff people and one seasonal, but we only have one person, Alex, who you've been talking to, who's actually dedicated to our composting operations. Um, and uh, we, Alex, Alex is aided by machines, right? Yeah. Alex has got. You want to talk about the machines you 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 have? <laughs>
0: yeah. We we kind of. Uh, uh, Look, you know, the only way we're able to actually uh, do the work that we're doing here uh, at, at 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 the scale, which is again not not a huge scale, but at the scale that we're working on, is uh, is is with equipment. So at this point right now, we have uh, a skid steer loader with a one-yard uh, bucket. Uh, we have a screener, a sitler uh, screener, which is a, a mechanical trommel screen. Um, which is a piece of equipment that actually a lot of other sites at the New York City Compost Project, other host sites actually use this piece of equipment. It's a great, great, low-cost screener. Uh, we have another uh, articulated uh, loader. It's a very small Kubota uh, R430 uh, loader, uh, which is a, basically does the same function as a, as a skid steer, but um, for... Uh, Basically, because because of uh, restrictions in, in use uh, on soft ground, we're not able to use the skid steer in all all different areas of, of the garden. We have this additional piece of equipment that acts as a backup and and, and helps in those uh, un, unpaved areas. Uh, and we're also running a, a small Bacchus uh, A30 uh, uh, windrow turner, um, which is uh, uh, used for our phase uh, yeah, like our phase phase three, our, our uh, last phase of active management, uh, uh, which is a turned windrow system. Uh, so, that's where we use that, that equipment.
2: So, kind of, too, is, you know, our, you know, Alex talked about the Isuzu dump truck before. If we were in a contiguous location and we weren't distributing, we weren't delivering compost materials to people, we probably wouldn't need the truck, right? Right, yeah. you know, in terms of so we're not running food scrap drop offs anymore, so we don't need a truck for that. We're really using that truck right now to move materials between our little operational sites here and to deliver compost to you know, recipients, residential, greening organizations, etc. But if we were on a contiguous piece of property and we weren't delivering compost, we, we wouldn't need a truck. So that's some, that's kind of an expense that you don't have to think about. But I did put together I was thinking about this and um because we talked a little bit earlier and if, if you were going to start this up with everything that we have on our 8,000 square feet, you know, you'd be looking at two, like $275,000 for the first year. Um, uh, but, of course, we didn't start where we are. We've been evolving slowly, and a lot of the the reason we're so equipment rich is because we're, we're trying to evolve into a slightly larger site, <laughs> um, you know? Uh, so I know, you know, when you talk about, wow, you have a windrow turner and you're doing ASP and you've got, you know, a skid steer and a loader, you know, that's, um, that's, that's, that's a lot if you're running a for-profit business and it's really a lot if you're running it at this smallest scale, you know, we're only producing 52 tons of compost a year. Now, of course, we're hoping to triple that. And as I said, that's kind of why we're so equipment rich. Yeah.
1: And you know, as you and 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 I think as you may have already noted, you're not operating on a for-profit model, you know. So Right. That's yeah. no.
2: I mean, so the so we are funded entirely by the Department of Sanitation of the City of New York. Um and uh you know, uh We're here hosted by Queens Botanical Garden, and and Queens Botanical Garden is providing us with the the physical land to compost on and to farm on. They're providing us with an office space. They provide us with human resources and uh, financial administration, you know, as well as we are employees of Queens Botanical Garden, so they take care of hiring us as well. Um, And DSNY is providing the funds that pay for us, and they pay for our equipment and they pay an overhead as well to uh, for, you know, basically for our overhead. Um, So we're, and this is actually, we've always been funded by DSNY for the last 25 years. We've never been funded externally. And we're now in a position for the first time where we're actually seeking external funding to build out our, our new site, the compost quarter.
1: Wow. Okay, so we'll, I'm gonna, I have a f- few questions later about um, your future plans, so I hope we, we'll be able to dive into that a little bit. But while we're just on the compost processing side, um, tell us, and I think, Alex, is as operations manager, this is uh, probably a good question for you. Just tell us just a little bit about, you know, who's involved with the site, how the site's managed, you know, are there things you don't accept in terms of materials, you know, because you're, you know, in Queens on site? and um, you know, just a little bit more about the process.
0: Yeah, sure. So uh, I'll, I'll just start uh, by saying that you know uh, a lot of a lot of what we've been able to do has been kind of paved. Uh, uh, there, there there have been trailblazers along the way who have who have helped us a lot uh, within the compost project. So this is definitely one of the one of the resources that we have is being able to share knowledge uh, from uh, people who've been doing this a little bit longer than us. Um, like uh, earth matter and uh, which is the New York City compost project hosted by Earth matter and New York City compost project hosted by big reuse um, you know using using um, uh, their experience um, we, we quickly realized that we want to uh, we want to be able to manage uh, our material with uh, A- ASP uh, the forced aeration aerated static pile system um, and uh, one of our like biggest priorities right off the bat is to be able to keep a very clean and as close to odor-free site as possible. Um, so obviously our concerns are our rodents, uh, any kind of uh, odors coming off of uh, our, our compost piles. Um, so that's kind of uh, 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 really uh, uh, governed our, our management uh, of, of materials here one of the reasons why we chose asp aerated static pile uh is uh because it's able to uh, uh really optimize aerobic uh, decomposition and uh minimize minimize odors uh and you know so we'll we'll cut into a compost pile that's been uh composting for 4 weeks or 3 weeks and it will smell it'll smell great it it won't it won't smell noxious and it's not going to um, uh, you know, alarm our stakeholders at the at the garden. Um, so specifically, I'm going to
2: pipe in. We have a wedding garden 300 feet from our processing area. That means people wow. are getting married 300 feet from our processing area.
0: <laughs> so so obviously, uh, we want to. We 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 also because we do have these these incredible resources. Uh, we want to uh, really try to. Uh, Live up to these standards of, of, of just having a, a very well-functioning demonstration compost site, and 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 to minimize odors uh, and to minimize pests. So um, ASP technology has is, is really been great for that. We start our material. Uh, so I'll just give you a quick quick sense of the flow of materials here. Mm-hmm. Um, we start uh, every week. We have this uh, our round of of, of uh, food scrap drop-offs. Where we collect about 1,200 pounds of food waste, uh, we will process that material on a uh, uh, with with volunteers, with volunteer labor, um, uh, and add to a, a windrow that will expand uh, about five feet. It'll lengthen about five feet every week, and that windrow is aerated as well. So that's a that's a, a small ASP windrow that grows five feet every uh, every week, and then at the end of the month, we get a delivery from our partner Grow NYC. They'll bring us about 5,000 pounds of food waste, uh, and then we'll take that initial weekly windrow uh, that's built by volunteers apart. Uh, we'll amend uh, with a lot of carbon, uh, which which we get, uh, which will be mostly leaves, uh, some wood chip, uh, some sawdust. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll also add that 5,000 pounds of fresh, fresh material, uh, and we'll build uh, our Phase One windrow. Um, and then that windrow uh, is 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 on ASP. Uh, we'll take that apart a few times um, in 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 the course of about six weeks. We'll take that windrow apart, uh, deconstructed add some moisture to it, rehomogenize it. Again, we want to like optimize the, the conditions inside of that compost pile. Um, and then after that point, uh, continue to manage on ASP for, for another six weeks, so say about eight, eight to 12 weeks of, of ASP so three months. Uh, and then that material will get moved to uh, another part of the garden. Uh, where uh, where we have a hard packed surface and we'll we'll lay out um, that three month material um, into into a windrow formation and then we'll be able to run through it uh, with the windrow turner about once or twice a week. Uh, now now the reason why we thought that was a cool idea to start uh, with ASP with aerated static pile uh, composting on the front end and end with A a turn system meaning so uh, ASP is for the first part of composting for our first uh, several weeks and then we end with the turned windrow system uh, because uh, we know that the oxygen demand at the early phases of composting is very high and that's where a lot of those noxious odors are generated so we want to keep those microbes happy with uh, with 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 forced aeration and then we get the benefits of, of, uh, of being able to turn that material a little bit less frequently when it, when it ends up um, in that turned uh, windrow phase uh, because that oxygen demand is a little bit lower. Uh, so we're not using so much fuel by having to run through that windrow every two days or every day or so like that. Uh, instead, we're, we're just running through it about once a week, and we'll rehomogenize it and wick off a little bit of moisture, uh, getting ready to, uh, uh, to to get it ready to to screen uh, as a as a final product.
2: We also really find that the windrow turner at the end creates a, a very friable, you know, end product, and you know we don't get pockets of uneven uneven oxygen distribution or
0: more moisture.
1: Okay. Any closing thoughts, either of you?
0: Um, well, my 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 closing thought might be, uh, you know, I I would love to just get across uh, out of these four and a half years of experience that, you know, although although we have uh, this very expensive uh, equipment that that we've we, we've talked about, uh, I don't I don't believe that. Uh, uh, people should be discouraged by that I don't as i had said mentioned uh, you know used equipment and there's certain equipment that's crucial uh, that people can consider and certain uh, equipment that might just not be uh, absolutely necessary uh, uh, especially if you're trying to uh, run a for-profit uh, compost company so um, you know just to just to say Uh, you know, just be smart about what what kind of uh, equipment uh, uh, you purchase, and it doesn't necessarily have to cost a tremendous amount of money.
1: Thank you. And for those who are interested in seeing some photos of the site, please go to our landing page for this episode, Composting for Community Podcast. We'll have some photos there, some links to some of the resources and videos that were mentioned. And thank you so much, Elsa and Alex, with the New York City compost project hosted by the Queen's Botanical Garden. I look forward to following uh, the journey here and see what else um, you're cooking up at your site. Thanks, Brenda. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Brenda. Thank you. All right. Take care.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Composting for Community podcast from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. This episode is produced by myself and Virginia Streeter. We'll be back again next month with a new episode. Our theme music is I Don't Know from Grapes. Be sure to check out the rest of the ILSR podcast family, including building local power, local energy rules, and community broadband bits at ilsr.org.